Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Busyness is a huge problem in our nation. Majority of Americans feel that they're way, way too busy. They feel that they're drowning in their busyness. So we thought, why not do a series to help us figure out how to pace our lives and to live a life where we have margin, we can enjoy our life, and we can do everything that we really need to do. So the Bible has a ton to say about that, and that's what we'll be dealing with in this series. And I want to open up with a story. This is a true story. It happened about 20 years ago. And uh, I was like running a little late for work one morning, and I'm just rushing and rushing and rushing. So I get into the garage, I jump into my vehicle, which was an SUV at the time. Now, this is before we have the screens, you know, the backup screens and all that. And I, I just turn around, and I'm looking, and I back out really quick, and all of a sudden I hear a crash, and I hit the garage door. I destroy the rail on the garage door. I hit the brick and mortar and my mirror and the glass. Everything just shattered everywhere. And that particular day, I was late for work. Now, here's, here's the sad it's true, sad but true. Um, I did that two more times in a six-month period. And Gina, Gina just looked at me and said, Joe, you're a good driver. What's going on? I said, honey, I just am too busy. And I'm jumping in that car, and I'm anxious. And, and normally, I would look at this mirror and this, but I'm just such a hurry. I'm just going at back real fast. And so that's when I realized I have to learn to break busy in my life because I was breaking more than mirrors, and we break more than mirrors. We, we break relationships. Uh, we break our body with stress, and I, I just said, I thought, I have to figure out, how can I do what God's called me to do? How can you do what you're doing, and how can we live a peaceful life where we have just a great pace in our life? So I began to investigate for this series, and... Um, because my first thought was we work too many hours. And so I came up and did this research, the average American work hours. So this is our weekly work hours. And this is for ages 25 to 60, because you know if you bring students in, they typically work part-time. If you bring people over 60, they may be retired and working just you know part-time. So these are really accurate numbers. And this comes from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And I thought it would be fun just to take a look at the trend from going back in our history as a nation and coming forward. So get a hold of this. Um, in 1870, the average American worked 63 hours a week. How many of you are glad we're not living in 1870? But remember, they didn't have anything to do back then. So that's all, I mean, there's nothing to do, right? No TV, nothing. Okay, so in 1920, it was 60. We came down three hours, but it's still, that's a lot of hours to work. That's the average American. Some worked more, some worked a little less. And then in 1930, we saw a beautiful drop. It went down to 48 hours. And so we had a 12-hour drop. And then in 1950, it was 42 hours per week, the average American worked. So drum roll. What is it today? We don't have stats for 2019, but it will be the same as 2018. Here's stats for 2018. The average American works 41 hours a week. Now, when I saw that, the, the thought that came to me was, hey, uh, work is not the issue with most of us. I know some work more. I know if you own a business, you're working more. But I'm clipping 50 hours a week. I've been doing it for 36 plus years. 
and I have broken busy working that many hours. So it's, it's it, we're, I'm gonna show you where the issue is. And for some of you, you are workaholics and you're gonna have to work on that. But I thought it was interesting because when I talk to retired people, I meet someone that retires, they're retired a year, two years, and I'm always like, hey, how's retired life? They go, I'm busier now than I was when I worked and I don't know how I got everything done. And I've never had a retired person, at least in the first couple of years, not tell me that. So you begin to realize it's not work that's in most of our lives the problem. So then I thought about this. There's 168 hours in a, in a week, and we work 41 on average. We sleep 56. The average American sleeps eight hours a day, so we sleep 56. That leaves 71 hours per week or 10 hours per day for all the other stuff. And that, to me, that's a lot of hours, but that's where our problem is, how we manage that 10 hours. And the Bible has a ton to say about how we manage that 10 hours. So that's what we're gonna begin to look at in this series. But the majority of Americans, they say, I am so busy. Um, I, I'm busier in 2017 than I was in 16. I'm busier in 2018 than I was in 17. And I'm busier in 2019 than I was in 18. It's like, and here's what they say. They, they say, I feel like a hamster on a wheel. And that's not a good feeling. It's like, <laughs> but you never go anywhere. And it's like, tomorrow's the same thing, <laughs> but you never go anywhere. And it's just like, we're always running, but there's just never that point of peace. And here's what I want this series to do. I want this series to bring us to a place to where like a runner crossing the finish line. You know, and I, I want the end of our day to be like, hey, I did what I needed to. And the end of our week, I did what I needed to. The end of our month, the end of our year, I did what I meant, needed to do. Now understand, you will never ever have your plate all the way empty. There's always something you leave on your plate, but I wanna to try to help you understand how to manage that too. And the Bible has so much to say about it, so that's where we're gonna to wanna to look. But I, I thought, what could my big idea be for this lesson? What do I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than we ever understood? And when I look at America, Christian or non, here's what I see. Busyness has become a business. Our business is about being busy, and it's just part of our culture. And we're gonna help you see, it is part of the culture that we live in. We are not bad people. It doesn't mean we don't love God. It just means we are on a hamster wheel, guys. And if we don't understand that and begin to just apply some cool Bible principles, we're gonna just always feel flustered. And I understand, because you know, at this age, it's kind of nice, because you've kind of, you went through all the stages. So I know what it's like to have young kids. I know what my wife went through when we had, I know, I know the stages of life and, and I'm convinced we can break busy in any and every stage of life. So um, I wanna show you scripture. This is an amazing scripture. One of the most famous uh, scriptures in the Bible. We hear it at funerals often and we need to keep hearing it at funerals. It's very good, but it's Psalm 23.1 and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, according to your Bible, the way Jesus becomes our shepherd is by us coming to a time in our life, not intellectually, not cultural Christianity, but we come to a time in our life where we realize Jesus is the son of God. He died for our sins. I can't work my way to heaven. I have to believe in him. And then I, I need to surrender my life to him. That's when he becomes our shepherd. And I love this promise. I, I lack nothing. So that means we shouldn't lack peace. We shouldn't lack pace. We, we shouldn't lack anything. 
our lives should come to a place. We have all kinds of problems living in this world, but, but internally we're lacking nothing at all. But listen to what he says. This is amazing. Very next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, this is a shepherd and a sheep analogy, but this is Jesus and us. He's just using this as an example. And for a sheep, laying down in green pastures is, man, it, it's pace, it's rest. But did you notice, you notice the wording? He makes me. It's kind of like when we had kids, you know, when I had younger kids, and we'd say it's nap time, and they go, I don't want to take a nap. And so uh, they get to that age where I don't want to take a nap. And so what would we do? Say, you're going to take a nap. I can't fall asleep. Well, just lay there for an hour because I need some peace, right? And you, you take a nap. And, and then we never said this to them, but why did we do that? Because we didn't want them to be a cranky monster later that night, right? And we knew that if they didn't take a nap, they'd be a cranky monster. And Jesus knows we're going to become cranky monsters and we're going to be over busy. So he says, hey, I'll show you. I'll make you lie down in these green pastures. And then, then he goes on and says this. He leads me besides quiet waters. Just another, it's a pace, man. Just peaceful, quiet waters. And then I love this one. He refreshes my soul. That's, today we would say he recharges my emotional battery. And that's what God wants to be able to do in every one of our lives. And Jesus will show us how to do it. The Bible will show us how to do it. Beautiful principles. And then I love this one. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Paths are plural. There's lots of paths. But you know there's a, a pace path? And, and Jesus wants to help all of us get onto that path too and just be able to live a life of pace with lots of margin in it and be able to enjoy the life that we're living and come out of the craziness of the hustle bustle that we live in, come off the hamster wheel and go to that finish line kind of life. And so that's what we're gonna show you. And I thought today, I know for me, I need to understand things before I can fix them. So I thought, let's, let's, just, let's just figure out why we're so busy and what's going on in our culture. I love our culture, but our culture can be crazy at times, especially with busyness. And good, innocent people just don't know how to deal with it. It's like, I don't know how to deal with this. It's just the pace that we're on in this life. So I thought... Let's figure out what's going on. I loved researching this because I wasn't sure why. I just, I knew how to break it, but I wasn't sure why it was happening. And so I thought this was interesting. Get, get a hold of this. Mental health professionals have diagnosed a new disorder. It's called hurry sickness. And it's really, hap it's really common today with lots of people. Hurry sickness. So you might say, what's hurry sickness? Well, hurry sickness is a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and becomes flustered when encountering any kind of delay. And, and I think a lot of us have had to deal with this over the years. Some, some maybe many are dealing with it right now. TCI Borman, Warren, we're dealing with this. So I came up with this little test and I did a lot of research. So these are experts. I'm not an expert on this, but I, I was so fascinated by what I find. And, and so here's the eight signs of hurry sickness. You don't have to have all eight guys, uh, but if you have a couple, you're probably dealing with hurry sickness. So take this test with me. And uh, here's the first one. You are in a constant state of rush and worry. It doesn't have to be worry uh, and rush. It could be one or the other, but you're just a constant state. <laughs> hamster on the wheel, right? And num number two, you feel that everything in life is urgent. You know what that means? 
the lines are so blurred that you can't decipher because you're so rushed between what's minor and what's major. And, and then number three, you live by your watch. This one, this was one of my biggies, you know, because we do need our watch, right? Service is supposed to start at nine, right? And 1045 and office hours or whatever they are, work hours or whatever they are, doctor's appointments, you know. Are, so we need our watch. But I really struggled with this one, living by the watch. I mean, struggled with it. And, and I had to work some principles to help me with this. I can become so flustered with, with, with that. Um, I can have a nervous breakdown. I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'm not five lessons ahead, I'll just, I could start shaking if I let myself. So, so it's like, no, no, I'm three lessons. Oh, that's not enough. Oh my God. After I teach today, I only have three lessons. Ah. So I've got to get five. So I have, I've had to learn. Some of you are like me. You got to learn to chill, baby. Okay. Now, 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 now what, look at this one. You don't like waiting in line or, or traffic. <laughs> I got to enjoy this one for a moment. That was a big deal in my life, and it's, I still deal with it sometimes. And here's what they say. They say, if you're in, in a grocery store and you go up to the checkout line, um, do you count buggies to decide which line to get into? I still do, but, but I do it. But I'm breaking busy, but I still do that. So, so, so. then once you get in line, um, you, you watch the cashiers and you figure out which one's slow because there's always a slow one and they're talking with their hands or they're just really slow. And so I think, all right, uh, they may have less carts, but she's going to take forever. He's going to take forever. So then I'll switch or how, how much is in each buggy? And I'll switch mid, I'll switch mid line just because, and that's a little sign that you may be dealing with a little bit of hurry sickness, right? Or you're driving your car and uh, double lanes and you're coming up to a stoplight and you're, you're counting, there's four cars here and five there. And so I'm gonna switch lanes because I, I, I don't wanna be the sixth car, I wanna be the fifth car. And so it's just a big deal to you, okay? Now, here, here's another one. You often drive fast or over the speed limit. No one has that one, I know, right? I've gotten really good at this. I typically only drive two to three miles over the speed limit, and that's just because I have to feel like I'm a little naughty, right? So I, I can't go the exact speed limit. Got to go over a couple, right? But I know, I know they won't pull me over for two or three, but I just got to feel like I'm pushing the edge, right? So, so let's go back to the, you, you often drive faster over the speed limit. We're talking about all the time, right? Uh, here's number six. You finish your meal as fast as you can. You just can't even enjoy a meal. You're constantly multitasking to, point, to the point of forgetting a task. Uh, number eight, you can't relax or take a break. I remember in my younger years, we'd go on vacation. It'd take me four days to just relax, and then we'd leave. It's like, <laughs> I didn't even really get a vacation because I'm just so... And uh, so you have to learn to break busy, right? So those are the eight signs. But now I'm asking the question. Here's my big question. Why? Why, why is this happening? Why, why, why do we have hurry sickness? And, and, and I did a lot of research. So you'll see me quote some research uh, that I read. And, and I came up with four. There's four major reasons why you and I deal with being overly busy in this country. And there's principles in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? The Bible was written so long ago. And there's principles in it that will help us in this crazy culture that we live in today. That God is amazing, but God knows the future. So, so, so here's the first one. Busyness has become a badge of honor or a status symbol. In our society, 
it's cool to be busy and we feel value because we're just busy, busy, busy. And we kind of like telling people, this is what's going on and this is what's happening in my life. And I thought the economists did, did well on this. So if leisureness was once a badge of honor among the well-off of the 19th century, and it was, then busyness and even stressful feelings of time scarcity, scarce, scarcity, uh, whatever, has, <laughs> scarcity, there you go, uh, has become the badge now. And it's like a badge of honor just to, just to be overly busy. One of my favorite comics when I was growing up was Lily Tomlin. And uh, I saw this quote of hers and just had to, just had to put it at this juncture. And it goes like that, the trouble with the rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. I like that. I'm not saying we're rats, but what she's saying is, is no matter how busy you become, and even if you win and you're busier than everybody else, it's not going to help you. It's only going to hurt you. And, and so that's one of the reasons, a badge of honor. Here's the second. Busyness has become our answer to FOMO. Uh, FOMO means the fear of missing out. And this is a big one. This is a big one. And I thought the Atlantic said it well. Listen to this. Maybe knowing that there are 10 great TV shows you should watch, nine important books to read, eight conventional skills your child hasn't mastered, seven ways you're exercising wrong, six ways you haven't sufficiently taken advantage of your city, and for us pastors that are listening, nine podcasts that you should listen to every week, and four conferences you have to go to or your church will fall apart, and whatever else is going on in all of our lives, right? etc., fosters a kind of metastasized paradox of choice, a FOMO. Knowing exactly what we're missing out on makes us feel guilty or anxious about the limits of our time and our capacity to use it effectively. So even if we don't do it, just knowing it's there can fluster us and just, just bring us into anxiety. But then Guys, all of this is pulling on us, and we're thinking, I've got to do this. I've got to get my kids into all 10 of these things. I've got to do this for myself. I've got to watch this. I've got to do that. And that's part of the culture that we live in, and we're going to help us figure out how to break that, right? Here's number three. Busyness is a byproduct of the digital age. It's just the digital age that we live in, right? I'll read something to you, quote, and then I want to just bring this home. It goes like this, the idea that work begins and ends at the office is intuitively wrong. We laugh at animal pictures on our work computers, you know, all those cat, cute cat videos, and we answer emails on our couches in front of the TV. On the one hand, flexibility is nice. On the other, blending work and leisure creates an always-on expectation that makes it hard to escape the shadow of work responsibilities. And so all it's saying is, guys, that... The digital age has complicated things. So I remember when we started Believers, we didn't have, email wasn't created yet. No email was, was there. Internet wasn't up and running. And so in order to get anything done, you had to have tons of meetings. You had to always meet. And then you had to write things on little sticky notes and put it in people's uh, church paper mailboxes, you know, and, you, and, and it, it was just so, so difficult to accomplish things. Then they created email. And I'm telling you, email is the best thing ever for productivity. It's amazing. But then they created the smartphone. <laughs> and that's making us stupid in some ways, right? So now, I didn't know it. When I bought my smartphone, I, it just I, everything was on default. And so my emails, whenever they came in, I had a notification. You have an email. 
And that was driving me insane because I'm at home and work's over and I'm seeing all my emails and it's like all this pressure came on me and I had to have a young person. I asked the young person, can, can you turn this off? They said, yeah, and they turned it off for me. And, and it was just like awesome because I have learned in order to break busy, work is work. And when I leave work, I'm out of work. I'm, I'm not there. I'll, I'll get that tomorrow. That's on my plate for tomorrow. But now I have those other 10 hours and I'm not going to take the pressure of work on. But then they created texting. <laughs> Texting's email that you have to look at because your kids might be texting you to say, I got in a car accident or something, right? So you, you got to check every text and then you get these business texts. And it's like, oh. So I, I just learned to ignore them. I don't answer them. I see it. I'm not looking at that. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. Uh, I'll look at that when I'm working, right? Why? Why? Because that's a big deal in our lives. We're, we never are off. We're on all the time. And you may not even realize it, but I'm going to give you some principles to help you out with that. And then here's, this one's really amazing. Busyness has become a, our form of escape. It's the newest drug. And if, if, if we stay busy enough, we never have that white space in our life where we contemplate, we figure out, what, what's wrong in my life? What am I doing? What can I do better? And it, it's just a way to escape. And, and it's very important for us to understand that. Now, Brene Brown, who I love, I love her stuff. And uh, she's not even a Christian, but her stuff is just amazing. She said this, we stay so busy that the truth of our lives can't catch up. And so sometimes we're, we just don't want to stop and face what's going on. So we just keep running and running. We probably don't have all of these. You might only have one or two, but these are the things that are pulling at us and really, really impacting us. So I'm going to introduce one principle and then next week we'll go further with the principles. Lesson three, I'm going to show you how to do it. Lesson four, I'm going to show you how to walk in, in internal peace, inside peace. Uh, it, it's gonna, this is going to be a fun series. I think it's going to help all of us. But I want to give you one principle, and, and it's the principle of Sabbath. Sabbath, and so don't worry, I'm not going to take us back. Church is only on Saturday. And, uh, and for those of you that don't, don't know what Sabbath is, Sabbath for, for the Orthodox Jew to this day, Orthodox Jews, they're the ones that follow their religion. Um, they're secular Jews. They don't follow their religion. But Orthodox Jews... Um, to this day, they still practice Sabbath. Sabbath begins on Friday night at sundown, and it ends on Saturday night at sundown. And for those of you that are able to go to Israel, I thought that was one of the most amazing things in Israel, because if you, you know, we're in Jerusalem, it's Sabbath, and the streets are empty. Now, there are Arabs that live in Jerusalem, so they're out, but the Jewish streets they're empty. You don't see anybody. It's the most amazing, wonderful thing. And then Saturday night when the sun goes down, families come out walking. It's just amazing. And the stores open up. It, it was so cool to see. And so for a Jewish person, Sabbath is not just a day off. Sabbath is not a day off. Sabbath is a total rest. You don't do housework. You don't do anything. And we're going to talk about this principle. You know, God calls the Sabbath an eternal ordinance, not the actual day. So we don't have to go to Saturday Sabbath. It can be whatever day it needs to be for you, but it's the most amazing thing. I, I have religiously followed a Sabbath. I work six days a week, but on my seventh day, I don't do anything. I don't do anything at home. 
I do only things that I enjoy and charge my battery. So what does that mean? I'm doing grocery shopping on, you know, one of the other six days. I do our grocery shopping. Gina makes me. So, you know, <laughs> no, no. Three years ago, I did something really mean and said something mean to her. And then God dealt with me and said, you start doing the grocery shopping. Because she was fasting and said, can you shop for me today? I don't have any strength. I said, hey, you're fast. You make me suffer. And, uh, and uh, then God really dealt with me and said, you need to start to. So I've been doing it now, I don't know, three, four years. Some people like shopping, so that could be a battery charger. It just depends who you are. But in the Jewish culture, they don't, they just rest. And I'll show you what that means as we go on. But listen, listen to where God brought the idea of Sabbath. Here's where he, he brought it into the beginning. I mean, uh, this is before he gave us the Sabbath through the Jewish people. Listen to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, God never becomes tired. He doesn't need to sleep. He's God. He's not in a carbon-based body like us. He's God. But he did this to show us a principle. He knew he was going to create us. And guys, in order for us to function at the highest level, have our batteries charged at the highest level. Sabbath, wherever we put it, is really important. And so you can be retired and never have Sabbath in your life. It's not just not working. It's learning to rest for that period. So listen to the very next verse, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Again, we're not going under the law of Moses. We're not going under Jewish law. But can I ask you a question? What other day has God blessed? He didn't bless Monday. Monday's like, I got to go back to work. Um, he didn't bless Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He blessed the Sabbath, which in Jewish culture is Saturday, but he blessed one day. Uh, again, we can put it wherever we want, but God said this is so important that people rest. doesn't matter what age you live in. It's important for you to have some downtime. And, and again, I'll help you understand what that means in your life. I think we should get a Sabbath into every day, you know, whether it's a half hour, an hour, where we just, we just get that emotional rest every single day. And in the culture and on this hamster wheel that we live on, that's very difficult to do. So I want to ask you a question. I like ending this way. And when I say I'm ending, I'm ending. So you guys, you guys know me. Um, can, can we, I, I live by the clock, man. I'm going to end, man. It's 9.55. It says it right up there. So I'm going to end. No, no, listen, listen. Listen, isn't it exciting that God loves us and cares so much about us that he in advance planned out how we could have a pace and go through life on pace, that he sent Jesus. We're going to find out next week, Jesus taught us how to live this pace life. It's amazing. Jesus lived it because he was in a carbon-based body, right? And he, 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 he showed us this beautiful lifestyle. He's going, to, he's going to help us learn it. Isn't it awesome that God cares about us so much he wants to help us break busy, that he is amazing? And can we just take a moment, TCI Boardman Warren, can we give it up for God and say, thank you, God. <laughs> Woo! He's awesome. Now, I do realize, I'm, I'm, I'm smart. I realize, listen, for some of you, I've got your wheels turning. You can't even imagine how to even implement this first principle. I want to encourage you, stick with me. I think we'll walk out of here really excited 
and we'll understand, hey, busyness is not my business. I can, and here's the thing, you can be more productive when you learn these principles than you've ever been in your life. I'm more productive the six days I work than I've ever been because I've learned to break busy. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. And Father, we're, we're, we're dealing with a subject that rarely we deal with in church, but I, I feel it's so important. I feel it's part of our spiritual well-being. And I, I know Jesus talked about it a lot. You talked about it. So Father, we just, we just open up our hearts and uh, there's some in here that have broke busy. So I'm just gonna help, maybe help take them to the next level, help educate them to help other people. But Lord, for so many of us, this is something we have to learn to break. And Lord, I pray for our business owners. I pray for those that are running and supervising things. And Lord, I know how tough this was for me. And I just thank you for growing all of us, Father, every one of us in this area. And Lord, we thank you that you've called us to a life of rest, a, a life of uh, pace with lots of margin in it. And we thank you for helping us understand how to do that in Jesus precious name. Heads are bowed, eyes are still closed. Maybe you're here and, and you're not sure of your eternity. You're forever. And maybe you are, but maybe uh, you're wrong. Maybe you're looking at the wrong thing that gets us to heaven. So just listen for a moment. Because we live in the United States of America, there's this thing called cultural Christianity. And we're just Christian because it's our culture. And that, that's not bad. We've learned some good Judeo-Christian principles and all those wonderful things. But there's a difference between knowing about Jesus in your head and believing and accepting him and making him Lord in your heart. And at the end of every service, I like to take a moment like this. So I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church or uh, you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. But here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I believe you're the son of God. I believe I can't work my way there. I, and I accept you as my savior and I make a decision to make you Lord and follow you. Can you remember a day in your life when you've done that? If you can't, why not right now? TCI Borman warned, why not right now? So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, Pastor Joe, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe he's the savior. I believe what the scriptures say and I'm ready today to pray and accept him and begin to follow him. Would you pray with us right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray? Let's help them out. TCI Boardman Warren, let's help those that are praying it for the first time and say this after me, guys. Uh, Lord God, I realized I was born sin-stained and I can't solve that problem in and of myself. So this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You've always existed. God raised you from the grave after you died for our sins. So this day, I'm going to accept you as my savior. I believe that you're Lord and I make you Lord of my heart and I make a decision to follow you. Amen, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. 
The Bible says we become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. Miracles happen. You may not have felt anything, but God washed your sins away, gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. God's your father. But whether you felt it or not, it just happened. It's amazing. And God set you up now for a journey. It's a beautiful journey. It's a fun journey. A journey of following Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.